Welcome to Go Rangers Radio, where the New York Rangers are always the talk of the town. If you bleed red, white, and Rangers blue, hail the king, follow the bread man, and know how to spell Capo Caco, then you've tuned to the right place. And now, here are your handsome hosts, Kevin Delury and Paul Cuthbert. They're not always going to get it right, but you can be damn sure they'll pretend they are. Now, let's go Rangers Radio. Yeah, good afternoon, good day, and good evening, depending on what time you're listening to us. It's Go Rangers Radio time, ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting live from New York, baby. On the Go Hockey Media Network, yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, your friend and mine, Mr. Kevin DeLore. KD, how you doing, buddy? Good, buddy. Good to be back from the uh, the Christmas break, I guess is what we're going to call it. Uh, we haven't been on air. What did you say? I think you were saying before the show, 12 days since Bless our last podcast. Father, uh, for we have sinned. It's been 12 <laughs> days since our last podcast. <laughs> I feel like uh, I feel like a podcast virgin again. It's... It, Feels like the first time. <laughs> I am never going to be able to unhear that. <laughs> Back in the saddle. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, Katie's new tribute band playing at the Paramount next week. Kaydana. <laughs> so how's your Christmas, buddy? Very good, my friend. Very good. Lots of eats, lots of drinks, lots of presents. So good time. How about you? Ah, uh, Awesome. And a very happy Hanukkah to all of our... Uh, friends out there as well too it's uh it's been a great couple of days we uh just timed everything to kind of chill it's it's weird with the uh the way the range of schedules lined up uh and uh you know christmas and new year's eve uh right in here on new year's day obviously with uh our wednesday podcast kind of screwing our schedule up but uh so we took 12 days off in between we're back and uh the range has been kind of busy since then it's been uh five games uh during the break since we and you've been back on air uh starting with the um uh, the loss to Toronto uh, at home uh, after 38 games played here. KD 19, 15, and four still have a winning record. Uh, 42 points, sixth in the Metro, uh, 20th in the league, and uh, currently six and seven points behind the Canes and the Flyers for the wild card, and only nine points back of those Icelanders. I point that out. I want to start doing this on the show because we're going to catch them. We're going to get them. I know we got a couple of big games against them coming up in January. So. Uh, but I'm going to leave that note there because I want to catch those guys, you know. So uh, that's where we're at. We got Edmonton uh, tomorrow night to close out 2019. And, again, um, five games since the last show. 6-3 loss to Toronto. 5-1 uh, win against uh, the Ducks at home. And then a really weird game against Philly. 5-1 loss there. I, I couldn't believe it. I was watching the first two periods of that game and then came back and they just blew that one. And then the um, the boys bounced back. 5-3 win at home against the Canes. And a big uh, 5-4 win against uh, the Loafs there in, in, in Ronto. So we're all caught up, KD. Have a nice evening and Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah, you know, after that Toronto game, you know, I started to get a little bit worried about this team because I, I think at that point they lost like four of five games and five of seven. And it, it looked like they were going to go into this tailspin we had sort of all been waiting for this season. You know, and, and that's going to happen with a, a young team and, and uh, to their credit, um, they really turned their game around. They've now won three of the last four games. 
Um, like you said, they had the back-to-backs with uh, Carolina and Toronto, and they've sort of righted the ship here. I'm starting to feel real good about the team. You know, the the problem, I think, during that losing spell there was that they were way too top-heavy. There was no secondary scoring. It was only Panarin and Zabinijab were the only guys getting it done. And and you've really seen guys step up over the last, you know, four games or so. You know, Ryan Strom has sort of gotten his scoring touch back. Chris Kreider is finally scoring again. Um, so, you know, there's there's some encouraging signs here. Um, that this team is 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 maybe heading in the right direction again. Yeah, and we were talking about that. You know, you brought that up about the secondary scoring, and I just kind of made some notes here for the you know the, our goal scorers here in the last five. Uh, Brady Shea's grab, grab one. Uh, Connor McStrom has uh, four goals <laughs> in these uh, five game stretch. Uh, Book put one in. Heedle's got one. Howden's got two. Howden about that baby. Um, Chris Kreider. You know, when he's not taking stupid penalties, he's he's got three goals here in these five games. Uh, Mika just uh, playing great stuff. Another four goals for him. Uh, Fast has one. Panera's dropped one in between his, you know, thousand assists that he's given everybody. And Tony D gets the big OT goal against the Leafs the other night. So, um, you know, mixing it up a little bit there, and, and that's some good stuff. Um, so, I mean, you know, going into this game, I, I really love to see them put a bow on this trip here and, 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 and this year and, and, and beat Edmonton. And I think they can do that. And I, I guess the guys are having a little bit of confidence here. And, you know, bravo to the guys, no doubt, especially uh, beating Ronto uh, in their building Saturday night. Now, I I was up in Massachusetts. I had a show myself, so I didn't get to watch the game. And I, I tapped in on some of the highlights. But, um, you know, we were driving back from the gig, and I just turned to my guitarist, and I said, oh, yeah, the, the, the Rangers played tonight. I said, do me a favor. I said, you know, get the score. And when he hit me back and said they won 5-4 in OT, I said, you know, I was just really just impressed because the Leafs kind of had their way with us when they when they came to the Garden that night. And um, I think that's that's a good thing. And, and, and you know, for the first time here in, uh, you know, winning back-to-back games um, and with a chance now to maybe win three in a row, which is something they really haven't done in a while. And I was joking to you in the text yesterday. Hey, you said, Paulie, when are we going to do the uh, the podcast again? And I said, when they win six in a row. So if they can get this win tomorrow night, buddy, we're halfway there. Well, you're you're way more positive about this team right now than I am. There's no way they're winning six in a row. Come on, baby. <laughs> but, you know, just to go to the Toronto game, you know, they did give up a lead in the, in the third period, which is always concerning. I mean, you know, like always, they, they gave up a ton of shots. What else is new? But I did like the fact that they, they were able, despite giving up a two-goal lead in the third period, I like that they were, and again, I said resilient before as far as coming back in the last four games. They, they showed that sort of resiliency in the game as well. Didn't hang their heads, um, came out in OT, and, and, and still won it. So I think that's a good sign for a young team to be able to take that sort of gut punch when Matthew scores that goal in the final minute to tie it up and still be able to sort of recover, regroup, and then and then uh, get the win in overtime. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, the, the theme of our podcast here is, you know, you're scratching your head, the, the, the roller coaster theme we've talked about, and, and trying to stay positive, finding out the system here, what's going on. You know, I was joking about my theory about with Quinn and, and the line changes and, you know he's writing all this stuff down, and uh, eventually we're going to figure out uh, where we're going. What's your what's your take on that here in the last three games, as far as how he's been rolling the lines and, and what you've seen, um, you know, from from the play of the guys in and around, you know, the goals that they've scored. But just uh, you, do you see any kind of new kind of flow that's going on here? Anything you can kind of point out? 
Yeah, I mean, to me, the biggest thing right now is him putting Howden on the wing. Uh, I think Howden, you know, he's he struggled a bit this year at center. Look, he's 21 years old. It's a lot of responsibility to be a center in the NHL. And uh, I think at times he was a bit overwhelmed. Um, so uh, Quinn admitted that he had given Howden a, a pretty long leash this year. And maybe that it was time to try him on the wing. And, you know, since he's put him on the wing, he sort of looks like a completely different player. He has two goals in the last four games. Um, and, he, and he's playing very well. He's a lot more noticeable in the games. And I think that it also sort of extends the lineup a bit. It opens it up a little bit where you have, uh, you know, a better look at some of the lines now where you had a line the other night. I think it was Heedle, Howden, and Kako. I mean, that was your, your third line. I mean, sort of like a kid line there, which to me gets me real excited as far as, you know, I know Kako isn't really playing very well, but, you know, he's an 18-year-old and, and this stuff is going to happen. But, you know, to have a line like a Heedle, Howden, and Kako line as your third line, I mean, that's that's so nice and it's so great to see it and so refreshing. You know, me and you, we go way back with the Rangers and the years that Sailor was trying to, you know, buy every high-priced free agent out there. And for them to now be going through this rebuild, and have a line such as that. And I even pointed out at one point during the Toronto game, that was the forward line, and they were they were on the ice with Lingren and Fox as well. So you had that mm-hmm. five-man unit out there. I mean, if you're not a Ranger fan and excited about seeing that five-man unit, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you know, you might as well just start watching another team because uh, it, it's exciting times around here in, uh, in, in Rangerland. So to me, the biggest thing I'm seeing – that I saw over the last couple of games as far as Quinn with the lineup is, is moving Howden to the wing. And I think that helps out the lineup overall. Now, what, what would have been nice and what made the lineup even deeper if Mr. Leas Anderson didn't decide to quit on us. <laughs> <laughs> he could have been someone who potentially got brought back up, um, especially now that uh, Lemieux went down with the broken hand. Um, so, you know, the lineup could have been even deeper and I'm sure we'll get into Anderson a bit and what's going on with his, his situation. But I think moving out into the wing really sort of extended the lineup, made it a little bit deeper, um, and, and a, a little more skill level, um, throughout the lineup. But yeah, unfortunately with Anderson, you know, saying he wants to get traded, it's, it's, uh, you know, a little bit of a detriment to the team there. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and what's your take here on, on, I mean, obviously just starting that, that um, that line that you're just talking about with uh, Heedle and Howden. But as far as if you were behind the bench and with Kako, I know you're saying he's young here, but if if, if the drought continues a little longer, is he, is he a kid that you're just going to let ride the bench until he finally pops one in if it takes another six, seven games? Or does Quinn have to maybe look at possibly sending, you know, Capo down, down to Hartford? Yeah, I, I think that's an option. I don't think that that shouldn't be off the table. It should definitely be something that Quinn and J.D. and Gordon are thinking about. Uh, you can't sort of let him, his confidence, completely get lost up here. Um, if you need to, send him down down to Hartford. Let him get a reset down there. Get him on a line with Kratzoff, who's been playing great down there since coming back from Russia. Get his confidence back up. You know, send him down there for a month or whatever it is, two or three weeks, and uh, get his confidence back and bring him back up. I mean, it worked for Heedel in the beginning of the year, um, and I, I think that it'll work for for Kako as well. He, the kid is pressing. He's 18 years old with all you know the expectations on him, and and I think he's feeling it now as he's going through this this big goal drought. So 
Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be against sending him down to Hartford and, and having him try to figure it out down there with a lot less pressure on him. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, something we talk about here. We, we touched on it on the last episode, at least I brought up, that eventually, you know, next week or something, I want to start looking into the, the Wolfpack roster here and, and see what goes on. Because if, if, if Quinn can kind of, pretty much you have your pool up front. As far as what's going up there on the first on the first two lines, definitely, and, and the guys seem to be gelling a little bit. And, and what we've seen here in the last five games, the goal scoring's been pre- spread out a little bit, not not heavily, but at least you are getting some help. And it's been different styles of games that the Rangers have played. I mean, this is the other thing we were talking about too, as far as the upcoming schedule, um, seeing a little different looks from a different a couple of different kind of teams, and and seeing how they can adapt here. And and, and along with the offensive thing, um, you know. This way, Quinn can maybe, you know, if, if if he sees the guys up front are rolling a little bit and they're popping some goals in here, um, then he can kind of look at, at that option to maybe, hey, let's let's make send Capo down and see what's going on. And maybe in five or six more games, Kratzoff is kind of showing some consistency and nothing to lose by bringing him up. Um, you want to just touch on on your take here on Kratzoff as far as that possibility coming up and then and while we're on it here let's talk about the Anderson situation and 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 how that whole mess is kind of unfolding yeah I mean as far as Kratzoff goes I mean all the reports that you're seeing from Hartford is he he's sort of figuring it out I mean the coach came out with a quote that you know he's playing the right way or he's playing hard and any of the the highlights or clips from games I've seen is the, the guy is hustling making making plays defensively and offensively so you know, maybe the guy, again, young, another young kid sort of looked at himself in the mirror after, you know, the debacle in, in Russia where he was sent down to their minor league club and said, look, you know, I got to figure this thing out before it's too late. My, my dreams of playing in the NHL are over. So, you know, he's gone to Hartford with the right attitude um, and, and, and it's showing uh, not only on the scoreboard, but just on the ice in general. It seems as though the organization is very happy with um, the way he's come in and, and, and his mindset. Um, and and it's, it's just a great thing to see. You know, there's going to be bumps along the way with this rebuild. You know, not every prospect is going to develop the way Fox is or the way Lindgren is. Um, you know, some of them are going to have, you know, these uh, just sort of trials and tribulations along the way. And uh, it's good to see that, um, you know, Kratzoff is dealing, had, is dealt with this adversity the right way. You know, it looked like he wasn't when he, you know, he wants to go back to Russia and he doesn't want to figure it out here. But look, sometimes, you know, you need that that sort of punch in the gut or that um, look yourself in the mirror moment. He has and it looks like he's now doing the right thing. Um, You know, as far as Anderson goes, you you hope sort of the same thing happens to him. Maybe he sort of reflects on "Eh, maybe this isn't the right decision for me to to ask for a trade. And not only look. Players ask for trades all the time. That stuff happens. But then he walked away from the team. He left the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's my biggest problem that I have with him. Is he's now, I don't even know where he is. I don't know if he went home or he's sitting in Hartford in his apartment or what. Um, but, I, you know, his trade value has got to be like nothing. Any, any report that you see out there from other teams that may potentially be interested, they're saying that he doesn't have like, you know, NHL skill level. So that's, that's you know, sort of scary. I mean, I think for him where he's like, nobody's really going to be interested in me and the Rangers aren't going to trade him for, for nothing. Uh, you know, he's a former first round draft pick. So, you know, I, I hope at some point the Rangers may get a call over to Anderson the way they did for Kratzoff and say, look, you know, this isn't, this isn't going right. This isn't a good look for anybody. You know, we're all, we need to get this figured out. 
So how about we get you back in the fold? Let's get you on a line with Kratzoff or, you know, or we may be bringing Kako down and we'll get you with him and let's get your confidence back up the way we did with Kratzoff and let's let bygones be bygones and, and, and let's move forward because as much as I'm frustrated with what Leyes did and in, in quitting on the team and, and, and that's very disappointing. You know, he's a guy, if you remember, and I think it was our first podcast, we were talking about potential captains for this team. I even mentioned Leyes Anderson as a captain. Well, you, you were know, smoking crack forward. back then. That's yeah, right. apparently. <laughs> um, so, you know, for, for me, it's, it's a little disappointing to see that he would quit on the organization. Um, but having said that again, young kids, kids, but kids make mistakes. Maybe somebody in his inner, inner circle is giving him bad advice um, that, hey, let's get out of this team. They're not giving you a chance here and whatever may have been said. But, um, you know, you got to stay within the organization because you just never know when the opportunity is going to happen. You saw Hedo was down in Hartford. Then Zabinijad got hurt. Hedo was called back up and, and, and he's run with it. Um, like I mentioned before, Lemieux was hurt. Anderson would have been the first guy called up. He would have been back up. Howden is now on the wing, um, which opens up more ice time and another a, a bigger opportunity for Anderson going forward. But now he quit the team. Like I said, he's sitting in, a, in an apartment in Hartford somewhere, and he's not getting the opportunity. He could be playing in the NHL right now, getting you know twelve minutes a night after everything that's sort of gone on the last few weeks, and he sort of has egg on his face. So you know, I wouldn't mind seeing. The two sides come to a resolution, get him back in Hartford, um, and then ultimately back in the NHL with Kratzoff. And, and uh, you know, if you can get those two guys in the lineup, you know, once Lemieux gets back from the injury, you now got Howden on the wing. I got to tell you, I'd be pretty pumped about what we're seeing with, with our forwards. Yeah, I mean, as far as Anderson's concerned, as far as I'm concerned, I think he, I think the kid should head back to Europe. I think he should just kind of pack up and maybe go back to Sweden and Look at himself in the mirror here because he has nothing to show for himself. Not, nothing good, nothing positive. He, he doesn't have any points, you know, that he can kind of stack up and say, hey, look what I've done while I was either playing on the Rangers roster or down in, uh, down in the AHL. He's got nothing. So, I mean, I think he just needs to, you know, head on back home. I mean, he's still young enough. I mean, I would almost encourage him to probably just get back playing in the Swedish leagues or something or find something to do in Europe and, and, and reestablish, number one, his credibility. And, and start putting some production up because, I mean, what what kind of, you know, you just nailed it. What kind of trade value does the guy have, really? Uh, any any organization today, they don't want to – I think the days are long gone where, um, you know, especially in today's NHL, I think this is going on for the last 10, 15 years, and it just goes to show by the ca- the caliber of players now that come in from juniors, AHL, uh, 18, 19 years old, and go right into the league. You know, you can take a guy like Austin Matthews. You can take Capo for now, right now, even though, uh, you know, Capo's not really producing too much. But he's a model citizen. So they come in. They're, they're smart kids. They're, they're highly educated. You know, I know Matthews has done some stupid stuff off the ice. And, um, you know, Kane did that years ago. But for the most part, Kane in Chicago, um, these guys come in and they do their job. I mean, a guy like Matthews and, say, Kane, as far as examples of guys who've maybe had some trouble off the uh, off the ice, 
it, it makes it difficult for anybody because they're what they do on the ice. It, it's not an excuse for bad behavior, but it's few and far between. But what I'm trying to get at here is a guy like Anderson really doesn't have anything to show. If he was putting in, you know, a bunch of goals and, and showing assists and helping out on special teams and, and really making a, a showing in, like, you know, in, in game summaries and everything else, I could say, all right, maybe he's just having a little tough time here and a team might take a chance on him. I just don't see in today's NHL they, they're going to want a headache like that especially with a team like the New York Rangers, the Rangers don't really have that kind of a record where players leave here going, hey, they were treated like crap. It's a lousy organization. We have the best facilities, an incredible arena, steady fan base. Uh, Anybody that pretty much leaves here outside of Hayes may be whining about one or two things. But as far as the structure of the New York Rangers organization – I mean, if you're bitching and moaning about the Rangers, what's that going to be like if you go somewhere else? So I think um, I think he's in a bit of a, a bit of trouble here for himself as far as um, his image, KD. And um, like I said, it's a shame to see, but I, I, that's my opinion. I think he should probably head back west. Uh, yeah, head back to that be Western Europe. Yeah, or? and, and no, I, no, that's I east. Would be I'm a- sorry. If we're in New York, we're you got to go over the Atlantic, right? That's east. Yeah, okay, there you go. <laughs> At east, there you go. There you go. Yeah, I, and I, I wouldn't be against that either. I think the biggest thing for me is is the communication end. I think that Gordon or JD or somebody has to reach out to him. And I'm not saying that they haven't. Maybe they have. But, you know, and, and come up with some type of game plan with him and just say, look, we, we still want you in this organization. What do you think would be the best plan for you to get that? And if he says, look, I think maybe going back home, you know, being around family and friends and, and, and my old team or, or just being in, uh, you know, back over in Sweden, uh, then, then maybe let him do that and figure it out. Look, it worked for Kratzoff. He went back home and, and it didn't necessarily work out, but now that he's back, it, it, it seems to be working. So look, if that's got to be the model that you use with Anderson as well, then, then so be it. But, um, you know, I'd hate for them to completely give up on the guy. Again, kids make mistakes. You know, they get frustrated. He's a, he's a you know, seventh overall pick and thinks he should be playing in the NHL and getting more time and should maybe shouldn't be on a fourth, when he is in the NHL, should be on a fourth line with, you know, Haley and, and Brendan Smith. And I get all that, but at the same time, you do have to pay your dues um, and, and, and do the right thing. So, look, if they want to give him uh, another chance, I'd be all for it. And if that means going to Sweden, so so be it. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't think that they should just completely give up because I think he would fit in nicely on this team. Um, and he's not going to be anything above the bottom six anyway. I mean, when you look at at the centers on the team between Zabinijad and Hedl and Strom. And um, so, you know, there's really not a, a spot for him necessarily in, in the top, you know, six. Um, but maybe you can put him on the wing as well, the way they have with Howden and, and how it seems to be working with him. Maybe it works with... With Anderson as well, and you could find some uh, more ice time for him, you know, in that top nine or in that top six on the wing, um, just to see if maybe that's a move that sort of reignites him. So, you know, I'm not ready to give up on the guy yet. Yes, disappointing as far as him quitting on the team. You know, I'm not a fan of that at all. But, you know, young kid makes mistakes and, you know. Let's see what he still got. Let's see what he still has. I'm ready to give another chance. You're a kind man. You're a real kind <laughs> man, KD. <laughs> Pack his bags and ship him out of here, baby, as far and, as I'm And, you know, it's funny. I, I probably And I was arguing on Twitter, and we always talk about what goes on on Twitter, but I'm arguing with people, like, against Anderson that I call him a quitter and somebody, he's not quitting on the team. I'm like, well, that actually is what he did, you know. Um, so, you know, I have my issues with him. Don't get me wrong, but – 
you know, I would hate for us to get rid of him because I do think there is a, a level of talent there, um, you know, and see him go somewhere else and, and, and succeed because um, I think he can do that here. And I think he'd be a, a real good piece in that bottom six for us. Um, so I, I, I hate to give up on him. I just, I just have this image of Kratzoff high five and Anderson as he's walking out the door. I know. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I, I, I mean, it is a little, you know, and, and I hate, I hate to put it all on Anderson. It is a little bit concerning to see this happen to two of their prospects so far. I mean, you know, we're not even at the halfway point of the season and you've had two prospects sort of hightail it out of there. You know, one has thankfully come back. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so, you know, and, and I don't know if it's that, that's just immaturity on their end or, you know, the, the Rangers organization isn't communicating with these players about what they're looking for or, or what, you know, their role is going to be with the organization. But, you know, hopefully if it isn't an, an internal issue with the Rangers, they're looking themselves in the mirror and saying, well, what are we not doing with these young guys that are, you know, unfortunately having them bolt? Or, you know, leave the team or extra trade. So, you know, I don't want to put it all on the player. I mean, I don't, and again, I don't know what's going on internally with the Rangers. Um, but, you know, hopefully that the organization is taking a look at itself as well and say, well, what do we need to make sure that this doesn't happen with maybe a Shestjorkin, um, who is, who is just killing it down in the AHL. He's the number one goals against average, number four save percentage. I mean, there's really not more, much more he could do down there. You know, it's only a matter of time before maybe he starts getting frustrated. I know we've we've discussed this uh, a bunch on the podcast, but you know, hopefully the organization is learning a little bit with what's going on with Anderson and Kratzoff with how they handle this Jess Yorkin situation. It's all going to be good one way or the other, buddy. Because uh, you know, I know I'm going to make out because I'm I'm releasing a new line of salad dressings called Shesty's Salad Dressing. <laughs> nice. Shesty sauce, in. baby. <laughs> All right, well, well, we'll see how this uh, drama unfolds with Mr. Anderson as we uh, we got our, our, our first few drama episodes of the Kratzoff thing, which is, is going all right. We'll see what's going on. But I'll tell you right now, buddy, one guy who's not going anywhere, and his number's going up in the Raptors, buddy, and that's Connor McStrome, baby. Let's talk about Stroma here, buddy. He's uh, second on the Sign team. Sign him to a 10-year deal. 10-year yes, deal. I am, I am totally <laughs> down with that. I want it. I love it. He's got four goals in the last five games here. He's right behind Panarin. He's at 35 points. Team leader, baby. He's all good stuff. Uh, I, I, I mean, you know, I, I love seeing everybody going back and forth on Twitter and stuff, but I've always kind of felt he's just been a steady kind of guy. The guy goes out there and does his job. And man, he's he's got a flair for it, and he's clicking there with uh, Panarin, and he's putting the puck in, and you know, hey, I the trade value for him, I you know, I don't know a lot of people. We don't know anything until we get to the spring, and we've talked about this too. But right now, a part of this rebuild in, in terms of what the Rangers have as assets and the guys and and the, and the quality guys that they have on this team and this roller coaster, the up and down, the win one, lose one kind of thing, and we're in a, in a little bit of a positive stretch here. But, man, I think Strom is just a really good cog in this wheel. And, obviously, it's going to take another 20 games to kind of see where the consistency goes, the up and down, the drops and everything. But right now, when it goes good, man, Strom is usually a big part of anything the Rangers are doing well, especially when they're scoring and winning games. And I just I, – I love the kid, and I hope he hangs around for a while. Yeah, and, I, you know, it's amazing with Ranger fans sometimes. I mean, they knock the guy because he's playing well with Panarin. Like, why? how is that a negative? I know. Like, I, don't, I don't get because, it. 
because he can play well with elite talent, that's yep. a negative. Not everybody can. I mean, the guy has 35 points this year in 38 games. And, you know, and everybody sort of puts, and I said this on Twitter the other day, everyone puts an asterisk next to every goal he scores. Well, Panarin set him up. Well, he's on the line with Panarin. Well, Panarin. Well, Panarin. It's like Panarin, yes, he's, he may be passing the puck to him, but he's not skating over to him, grabbing the stick out of his hand, and then scoring for him as well. Could you I imagine? Mean, could you imagine the fans at Edmonton putting an asterisk next to Drysaddle's every goal he gets from Con McDavid? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Anybody who plays with Panarin, their stats are going to be inflated because Panarin is an elite player in the league. How many people brought to this team to do that? Exactly, and everyone's like, "Well, if you take Strom off his line, you know he's not going to put up those numbers." No kidding. If you take anybody off a line with Panarin, their numbers are going to go down because Panarin is that good. But Strom is still a very good hockey player. He's played 101 games as a Ranger so far and has 68 points. Yep. I mean, Bravo. you know, exactly. And, and he didn't play with Panarin last year. And he put up 33 points without him mm-hmm. in, in, in limited action from when he came over. So, you know, it, it baffles, you know, me that, you know, a lot of people look at, you know, the analytics of things are, and I get it. it his numbers are influenced by Panarin, but anybody's would. And there still has to be a skill level there to be able to finish, to be able to set Panarin up. I mean, Panarin has 21 goals as well. You know, not all of them are unassisted. I bet you a large majority of them have a Ryan Strom assist attached to them. So the guy can play, um, you know, for anyone who, who sort of, you know, is is demeaning or, or putting down his, his sort of skill level as just, you know, Panarin influences is, is, is ridiculous. The guy can play. So, you know, I get a little frustrated with Ranger fans sometimes because they it's weird. They sort of they always come down on 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 their better players. Like you see fans uh, demonizing Strom and they're going after uh, D'Angelo. Let's trade D'Angelo. He's going to have 60 points this season. Let's get rid of him. It's like. He's a 24-year-old defenseman who's going to put up 60 points this year. And both of them, both Strom and D'Angelo, are restricted free agents. See, that's something that everyone's sort of forgetting, and I forget it myself. Mm -hmm. Strom is a restricted free agent with arbitration rights, correct? So if the Rangers take him to arbitration or Strom takes the Rangers to arbitration, the the longest the term is going to be is two years. So – why would you not want to bring him back for the next two years? I mean, unless, and, and I'm not completely against trading him after saying all this about him. You know, if the Rangers are completely blown away by a package where it's like, you know, a first round pick and, and a, a stud prospect, I, I think you have to look at it. I, I don't think you just have to say he's untouchable because, you know, we do have a lot of, of young prospects in the pipeline you know you may eventually like to see Hedo playing with Panarin or you know obviously you can get Zabinijab playing with Panarin and, and, and whatnot so I don't think that Strom is is untouchable um so you know but um you know as far as re-signing him you know you can get him to that short-term deal it doesn't have to be a long-term deal if you could bring him back for you know, four million for two years. How could you not want to do that? I mean, for how well he's played, he's only twenty six years old. He has great pe- chemistry with Panarin. So, you know, the thought of well, we have to absolutely trade him because the only reason he scores is because he's on a line with Panarin is ridiculous. 
Look, the team is is everybody better. We've I, mean, I say this all the time. Buckle in because this team, obviously for us as fans, is making it tough as far as you know their their inconsistency. That's one thing. the The team has already basically said that they want to make the playoffs this year. Okay, and if they're in the pack come spring, you know it's going to make it very hard. For, for Gorton to make any of these types of decisions, especially if a guy like Strom uh, is still putting up the points. There's a lot of variables that still have to stay in place in a long NHL season. Health is one of them. The team, I've said this before, has still not really faced any type of serious injury bug. Uh, Mika's gone down, Lemieux's down right now, and we lost Stahl for a few games. That's it. So... And this team, like I said, has kind of battled through that, and they're staying in the pack here. And it, it, it all depends on where they're at come the end of February, heading into March. Because if what we're seeing in these last five games, they've still got a lot of issues. I want to get into some of the, the shots on goal here with you too, KD. They've still got some issues, obviously. But this is all part of the, the rebuild. But if they start gelling here, if they wrap the year up with a win in Edmonton tomorrow night, that's pretty good coming back, uh, you know, going into the new year. And if this team starts gelling and, and, and Q finally starts getting his lines consistent and and the chemistry starts uh, hanging in there, we haven't even touched on Hank and, and, and Georgie Boy here in, in terms of how they've been playing the last couple of games. Um, but if they're in a situation with the, their top six guys, no matter what DK, uh, DQ do, does with them, whether he has to move Strom up on this line and, and boot, boot have his back and so on and so forth, I mean, if it's rolling and they're scoring, it's all good. And then you sit back, and if, if a guy like Strom, because of his age, and I'm sure the teammates are going to have a lot of impact on that too, whether or not they want to lose a guy like that. I would, I would think, KD, that the only way this decision gets made easy for anybody from organization down to the fan base is that if the Rangers go into a tailspin or if Strom just totally drops off um, the score sheet altogether. I don't think the kid that's in his makeup. I think he's a good, smart hockey player, uh, and he does do very well with his uh, uh, the advantages and the opportunities that he gets. Especially, like I said, the way he's been proving that by playing with a guy like Panarin, he's he's being productive with it. And any fan that knocks any kind of player that's for his point production, no matter who he's playing with, is absolutely ridiculous. It's just a. It's just a, a, a terrible way to look at things. You either like the guy, you don't like the guy, too bad. But he's wearing a Rangers sweater. Get behind this guy. And if he's putting points up, no matter who's on his line, he's helping the team. And collectively as a unit, that's what this is all about as far as, you know, uh, you know your teammates up and down and, and what this organization, organization has in front of it. So it's positive. So everybody's kind of kind of stay on the positive thing, but that's where my take is with Strom. I got no problems with the guy. Um, everybody goes through his ups and downs. You you said it. It, it. It's on the paper, man. As far as producti- productivity and the way he's adapted, uh, you know, playing you know for this organization, and no matter who's on his line. So I think it's all good stuff, and I think it can only get better. And because I just don't think a guy like Strom you know, is going to drop off the score sheet because uh, the fact that he's taking advantage of, of playing with quality guys, you know, currently on his team, like you just pointed out. Yeah, and I, and I don't, and I, and I think the biggest issue is even if the team does sort of just go into a tailspin and, and maybe it's time to sell at the trade deadline, I think with Strom being the restricted free agent, I, I think that 
the Rangers should lean towards probably keeping him again. It's not like he's an unrestricted free agent. There's going to be like a bidding war for him at the end of the year. Maybe you have to give him a six or seven year deal. Again, you can go to arbitration and get a one or two year deal at probably a, a lower rate, um, obviously, than he would if he was a UFA. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, positives to, to keeping him around. You can the next couple of years where he has the chemistry with Panarin at, at a lower rate and not a long term contract. You know, to me, the bigger the bigger decision to be made is on Kreider because he is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. And, you know, he's going to be looking for that long term contract, I would assume. I mean, you saw Hayes get a seven year deal from the Flyers um, last offseason. So I assume he's going to be looking for a similar deal, you know, where, you know, I, I would think I'd be more apt to trade him at the deadline because he's looking for that long term deal. Um, and, and how that probably doesn't make sense for the Rangers long term. You know, if they could, if Kreider is willing to 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 sign a, a three year deal, three or four year deal, I, I'm in for keeping him around as well. Uh, but I think for me, if if I'm looking up and down the the roster and a way to maybe bring in some more prospects or picks, because I think that the Rangers do need to to bolster some of their forward prospects. I think they need to add a little bit more there. I think defensively, they're all right. They got a lot going on. They sort of have like an embarrassment of riches as far as defensive pro- mm-hmm. prospects go. But, you know, as far as the forwards, I'm just, I, I need to see a little bit more. And I think Ryder could, could be that guy. I think he, and he's, he's playing a little bit better now. He's, he's, he's scoring some goals. Uh, he went through a little bit of a dry spot. I think he's sort of going through what Zuccarello went through last year where he, he was having a difficult time with you know his name being in trade rumors um and and you know, maybe the organization had a talk with Kreider the way they did with Zuccarello last year and uh maybe he could sort of just put it behind him and, and just play hockey now, I saw something the other day that maybe Colorado is interested in Kreider um so you know I wouldn't mind you know getting some picks and some prospects for him you know if he's looking for that long-term deal which look if you give him a seven-year deal that you know the fifth six seven year of those deals always end up being a nightmare um so i I, he's the guy i'd be looking to move ahead of strom again because of you know their status as free agents the restricted uh, versus unrestricted yeah i think ck's in 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 a in a a good situation i think you nailed it he's just got to play hockey that's all he's got to do because you know one way or the other i think you're right too i don't think the rangers would give him any more than a two or three year extension Um, so, and if he does want to go somewhere else, then good for him or not that he wants to, but if it does work out that he does get something uh, in terms of a Hayes deal or whatever, that that's good for him either way. And the Rangers will certainly get something back in return for him. CK's just got to, you know, consistently, he's just got to put his points up. I think the only, like I said, the detriment to his game is maybe just, you know, some of his uh, decision-makings during the game sometimes staying out of the box, but you know, he's a feisty player. He's not, uh, I don't think he's anybody that really kind of, you know, burns a team. I, I think for him, you know, with all his experience, his playoff experience, uh, he's he's going to be okay for himself personally, financially, and one way or the other, whether he stays with the Rangers or the Rangers are able to unload him and get a return, it's going to work out for, for the organization and him together. He's just in a, in a kind of really good spot. So I know that guy's lacing the skates every night, and he, he pours it out in the ice every night, and he's doing it for himself and during the team, and I think he's a, he's a, he's a good professional, and CK's going to be okay one way or the other. I mean, I'm, I agree with you. I mean, as far as if it was Strom or, or, or Kreider, I'm, I'm leaning towards, um, you know, hanging out to Strom and, and seeing what we can do with Kreider just in terms of um, – 
you know, uh, getting getting uh, return for him. And I think they're just in a, in a different situation. And they're di- I think they're also two different types of players for me too. And I think Kreider's trade value is going to be uh, a little higher to other teams than say Strom would be. So I think again, uh, you know, I'm being a little repetitive here, but I think it's a good situation when it comes to Kreider. For the Rangers and for him personally, so it's all good stuff. Uh, real quick, KD, just looking at the um, you know wrapping up the year 2019. I mean, what can you say about Panarin, man? 51 points. He's just been uh, you know as advertised. Uh, money in the bank. Uh, we we just went and liked about Strom there, and uh, Mika's got 30 points, even with uh, missing the games there. 15 goals himself. Tony D, man, you brought him up before. 28 points. Uh, for the team, and then credit with 24 points as far as the top five in, in, in team leaders here. You know, touching on the defense there as well, you know, you know, a guy like Tony D and Fox, you can just see it in them. It's um, – you said it, man, as far as talent, it's it's there. It's, it's not a perfect system. We still don't know what the system is, but I think, you know, with the guys that we have – um, long term, it looks really, really good. You know, as far as um, you know, once they figure it out and they get more experience here, because I just wanted to touch on on some of the defensive aspects of these last five games here. Shots on goal was something that we were talking about too. As far as joking around about the system, you know, letting other teams shoot as many pucks as they can at at Georgie and Hank, and and, and see where we can get out of it. Uh, Toronto game, we gave up forty shots. A little better against Anaheim in the win, only twenty shots on goal. Gave up 30 shots on goal against uh, Philly. And then uh, the Canes got 42 shots on us. And the Leafs, you know, which is expected. They put uh, another 48 shots on uh, on Georgiev the other night. As far as us, our shots, 4-22. We had 41 against the Ducks. Which, uh, you know, pretty rare for us to get up there. 35 against Philly. Uh, another low uh, 24 against the Canes. And then 38 against um, Toronto the other night. So, Defensively, it's still kind of uh, the same kind of situation, just in terms of getting in and out of it. Um, and then Hank had uh, two wins and a loss during the five, and, and Georgie went one and one. Just uh, get a little summation there of uh, where you think they are in terms of defensively and, and, and goaltending these, these last five games since the last time we spoke. Yeah, I mean, defensively, it's the same issues. I mean, it's just bleeding shots. It's you know, like you said, there's forty plus shots a night here. You know, and unfortunately, the sort of anomaly there was that Anaheim game where we sh- had 42 shots on goal and, but, and only gave up 20. If they could somehow sort of bottle that, <laughs> you know, the, every, and the Ducks, every night. That, that Ducks team was a very, very tired Ducks team too, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, yes, agreed. But, you know, if they could somehow look at that and say, well, what were we doing right defensively in this game? And, hey, look, maybe it is just that uh, the Ducks were tired and undermanned and, and uh, we just took advantage of that. But um, I, I think that, I, look, if they haven't done it already, I don't, I don't know when they're going to figure out that they need to change up what they're doing defensively because um, you, you can't win on a consistent basis because you saw it. I think when, when they went out west and then came back, Lundqvist and, and Georgia really weren't at the top of their games. And that's when they went into a little bit of a losing streak there where they lost the the four of five and five of seven because, you know, Lundqvist and, and Georgia weren't at the, they weren't playing terribly, but they just weren't playing at the top of their game, which when you're giving up 40 plus shots a night, your goaltender needs to be. And for the last couple of games, they're back to that, that t- sort of talent stepping up there where they're, they're at the top of their game and they're winning again. It's not because they're doing, they're playing that much better defensively. It's because Georgia and Lundqvist are standing on their heads again. Yep. Um, so, 
Um, you know, I, I think that they really do need to look at, and again, like you mentioned before, we've discussed it individually, you look at the defensemen and they're all playing pretty well for the most part. I mean, you know me, I, I have issues with stall, but Hayek is out. So, you know, what are you going to do there? Unless they decide to move Brendan Smith down to play defense, which I think is probably their best option as far as solidifying a little bit on the defense. But I don't know if that matters. Again, if they're going to sort of give up the blue line as they usually do and not step up and allow the team to come in with speed and chase. I mean, it doesn't matter who's playing defense, um, you know, because you have a guy like Truba who's who's been a solid blue liner his entire career with Winnipeg. And then anyway, he's going through some struggles here. I think he's been playing better of late since he's um, been put back with uh, Shea. But, uh, you know, I, you look at, you know, up and down, whether it's the forwards and, and them barely having a four check or, or sort of clogging the neutral zone or the defenseman backing off of the blue line. You know, a lot of times we do just point to the defenseman, but, you know, the forwards really haven't been playing well either. And, you know, that's just to go back to Strom a bit. That's a lot of the criticism that I seeing some range of fans have is that he's not playing well defensively. I don't know how you could point to him individually as not playing well defensively. The entire team isn't playing well defensively. Yep. Maybe if there was a better system in place, Strom would look a little bit better defensively. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know how you could just point to him and say, well, he doesn't know how to play defense. You know, are, are you pointing at Buchnevich and saying he doesn't know how to play defense either because he's much worse defensively than Strom. <laughs> um, so, you know, defensively, it, it really is a mess when you're giving up 40 plus points a night and just, hoping your goaltender can can bail you out. Look, Lundqvist has been bailing this team out his entire career, so I, I don't know if that's the coaches are just saying, well, that's the way it works. We, we have Lundqvist in goal, and now Georgiev is playing just as well as Lundqvist, so let's keep it up. But uh, that's just not a way to win in this league, ultimately. Um, you know, Especially if they can get to the playoffs, I mean, where, where everything sort of tightens up um, and, and the scoring is, is down tremendously. If you're still giving up those those uh you know odd man rushes or um you know 40 plus shots a night you're not you're gonna get swept right out of the playoffs so um defensively you know i don't know what they're gonna have to do whether it's it's move on from you know lindy ruff who was ever running the defense or you know quinn has to look himself in the mirror you know we talk about players looking themselves in the mirror he does and say look this is just not working defensively um but nothing has changed even during this winning streak like you mentioned i mean it's right out there on the stat sheet they're giving still giving up 40 plus points and uh 40 plus shots a night it's just that the goaltending's been better yeah no and, and georgie and hank have kind of pretty much evened out here i mean georgie's played 18 games and hank's got 22 and georgie's at 10 7 and 1 and hank's at 9 8 and 3 um you know the goaltending situation here is obviously not a problem I think, you know, as far as the direction of the team, and I think that's what we're all sitting back here and we've talked about as far as the system. And, you know, these are all it's the, the three major entities that uh, of, of this machine that we're trying to kind of all watch together here. And, and like I've said this too, I said there's, there's two guys that, that are, you know, up close in front about this, and that's J.D. and Gorton, and they're watching all aspects of this. So, you know, we've, we've raved about the offensive productivity here these last couple of games. Uh, and they've got through it with their defensive um, lapses. And we've got really skilled, you know, offensive defensemen here. Um, we've got, a you know, a stud there and, and Jacob Truba as well. And, you know, the goaltending there is kind of, you know, there's been a discussion all year and talking about, you know, potential trades down the road in, in terms of where they're going to go. So, you know, I was just kind of thinking what you were talking there about them. I mean, could you imagine... You know, you get to some point there in the spring, 
And, you know, some something's got to give here, obviously, as far as gameplay and consistency. I, you know, I don't – and I'm, I'm talking about whether Hank goes two games, Georgiev goes three games or whatever. I think that works with other teams as far as – you know who's who's on your who's in your lineup or whatever, um, you know whether it's um, you know what Boston has up there. But Tukaras is their number one guy, obviously. You know Hank is he our number one guy still? Uh, maybe just because of his legacy, yes, he is. But as far as where he is on the team right now, is he really the number one, or are they both number one here? And and when does when does the team when does the coach Q here have to make this decision where he's got to try and run? one of these guys five or six in a row and 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 decide what they're going to do cuz and the other thing I was thinking about like you know when we were talking about Kreider could you imagine some kind of really good strong major package deal if you put Kreider and Georgiev in in a in a package deal or something what you could maybe possibly do there i don't know if that really kind of works out you know uh financially statistically or contractually i don't know what that is i'm just kind of thinking out loud here and if Shesty still plays well and you go in that direction um, because I think for the first time here, especially watching these last five games and seeing where the team is kind of hanging around competitively, uh, going into January now, and, and you know, the team is going to have to make a decision as far as, you know, are we going to go for the playoffs here? And if we go for the playoffs, you're obviously going to try and win. So th- this is going to be, um, I know we talk about good problem to have, but it's something to really kind of start maybe just looking at now. And for me, we've joked about it, but I think now you kind of really have to start looking at one of these guys is going to have to get a serious – the team has to get serious, KD, is what I'm getting at. They've got to run one of these guys and they've you know for a few games in a row, more than three, uh, go, go to five or six, and the team's got to put up a six, seven-game winning streak. I mean, that's, that's going to – kind of give uh you know JD and Gordon uh, a lot to look at and for us too. It's almost like if you're in a rebuild here, let's just kind of let's stop this wishy-washy stuff back and forth, you know, obviously the defensive aspect is a problem of it, but as a team here, you know, how can they make that decision? Let's go with Hank for 6 games, let's go with Georgia for 6 games, let's see what happens and let's run these same lines for 6 games and let's just kind of go for it and let's see if we can sit back and go after 10 games, hey, we won 6 or 7 in a row. Is this team the way it's made up right now with all the components, the new guys, Truba, Panarin, uh, you know, Stromer, the defensive, Capocaco, all the stuff that we've got going on here. Um, where are they going to, sh- you know, uh, make a big move, shift, uh, you know, cause the ground to shake or whatever? Or we just get into this thing that we're going to talk on every show. Uh, maybe this guy should get traded. Maybe this guy, maybe this guy should go up or whatever. You know, it's, I guess it's me asking for the team to kind of maybe just decide whether or not they're going to go for it here. Not on a big uh, stage in terms of, uh, you know, major trades all here and there. But those two things, KD, the goaltending aspect of it, maybe lining up with uh, Strom and Kreider uh, at some point there in the spring, and obviously seeing if this team can go on a run here. Yeah, I, I thought that Quinn was ready to sort of give the reins over to Georgiev after the West Coast trip. I think he outplayed Lundqvist um, during that trip. But, you know, Lundqvist had that tough game in Anaheim. Um, and then, you know, he went with Georgiev when they came back against Nashville, and Georgiev had a bit of a stinker. But Quinn went right back to Georgiev again, and, and in the past, he probably would have went with Lundqvist. And he went with him the next game, that home game against Toronto you mentioned before, and Georgiev put up another stinker. 
So he had two in a row where he had given up, you know, five goals against Nashville and then six goals against Toronto. And I think Quinn may have been like, oof, you know, maybe he's not ready for this. Yep. You know, um, and he went back with Lundqvist against Anaheim. Actually, he went back with Lundqvist for three games in a row. He did Anaheim, Philly, and Carolina. Yep. Um, and, and you know, then obviously you had the back-to-back, so he went back with Georgiev. So, you know, I, I thought at that point he was ready to, to, to ride Georgiev, and he sort of didn't take advantage of his opportunity there. Um, and, and, and Lundqvist came back and Lundqvist has actually played pretty well now that, you know, he played the, um, three of the last four games now, I think he's been good. And yeah, Quinn is in a difficult situation regarding the goaltender. He has the legacy of, of Lundqvist who is still playing very well. Um, and, and, you know, you have this young guy in Georgia who, you know, could potentially be the heir apparent if. Um, you know, just Yorkin maybe the falters a bit, but and you still want to see what you can get from Georgiev in a you know a ten game span, like you had mentioned. Um, and so it's a it's a difficult spot for Quinn. You know, do, what do you do with you know an all time great Ranger player um, while we figure out what this team can be in a rebuild and what one of our young goalies could potentially do with a larger workload. Um, it's a tough spot. I mean, I would be since I mean because they're in a rebuild. I mean, I would I would defer to Georgiev, and I would be playing him a lot more than Lundqvist, even if they're looking to get into the playoffs. You know, this year is never about getting in the playoffs. I mean, but it would be nice. And that's the catch, KD. Though, yeah. But if 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 you, if you do ride Georgiev for a little bit there, and Hank gets stale, and say you know they they do make the playoffs. You know, I mean. It, this that's I mean just as uh like Hank you got to keep Hank loose. Yeah, you know I, I do, but I think the development of Georgiev is more important than um, potentially getting in the you know getting Lundqvist in there to to you know stay loose or to potentially help him get in the playoffs. We need to know what we have in this kid. You know if if we are going to be hanging around that sort of playoff spot, we're, you know we're we're six or seven points out now. And just say, let's ride this kid. Let's see what he could do um, in a in a bit of a pressure situation where we need to win games to get you know into the playoffs. And let's see how he handles it. Because if he can't, then you then you you look you got to look to maybe move move on from. Um, you you have to ultimately see what you have in him. So you know, going with Lundqvist and leaving Georgiev on the bench, I don't know how that helps us long term and in, in the rebuild. I mean. You know, short term, yeah. You know, get us in the playoffs, and and it'd be good to get the young guys some some playoff spots. But you know, the the goaltending position is is such a big piece of this, and and they they have the three headed monster, and we got they got ultimately, like you said, start sort of making a, a big decision here, and 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 see what we have in, in these young goaltenders. Yeah, and I think I think January might be the, we got eleven games in January, right? And we've got some tough teams that we're going to be playing. Uh, Calgary's playing really well. We got Colorado on the schedule. You know, the the Devils are a desperate team. They should pretty much take care of them. They've got St. Louis. We've got three games against the Islanders. And you got to give credit to where credit's due. The Oz are playing very, very well. They're just not a team that, uh, you know, you got to work hard to beat the Islanders. And when they lose, it seems it's only when they beat themselves. Columbus is on the schedule, and then there's two uh, against Detroit at the end. So... You know, 11 games in the schedule here because, you know, when you get to February, 
which has another bucket load of games in that month too. And now, you, now you're getting closer to the trade deadline. You're getting closer to, to deciding whether or not, or, or finding out where you are after January, whether you're still in that pack uh, to catch a wild card spot and make the playoffs. And that's when the organization's going to make this kind of, you know, if it's a financial thing, the Rangers don't need to make the playoffs for the financial aspect of it in terms of an extra four games or whatever the heck it is, or an extra two games. Let's say if they were to get into the first round and get knocked out, it's it's not really. That's not really an issue. And as far as a pride thing as an organization, I mean, you know, me and you, I don't know. If they don't make the playoffs this year, but they come out at the end of it where they've kind of got a game plan and we can kind of see a future, and that's what the rebuild's all about, I'm okay if the Rangers don't make the playoffs this year. Um, So, you know, depending on where the organization feels, how important it is for them to make the playoffs, and they have said this. I mean, Quinn said it, and they all want to make the playoffs. I think every team does. But, you know, as far as what we're talking about here, and finding out what the makeup of this current team has in terms of helping them make those tough decisions that we're also talking about, whether it's goaltending, whether it's Strom, whether it's Kreider, and whether it's a certain couple of prospects that we got to move up, move down, or, or, or move on from. Um, you know, I think next month is probably that one of, you know, what's that saying? <laughs> on the pot or get off of it? I don't want hey, uh... <laughs> We're a family show here, but, uh, you know, but so... I think maybe next month, why not, you know, hopefully, uh, and and this, you know, Lindy Ruff, the defensive stuff, maybe they just kind of just unload here next month and kind of go for it and see where they, they come out of it on the other end. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the, these next two months are definitely crucial to where the rebuild is going. Um, when you When you get to the trade deadline, you know, there is going to be movement. I mean, the Rangers aren't not going to make a move. Um, you know, and most likely it's going to be a sell move. I, I can't see them buying unless it's like a real minor move to make. But as far as bringing someone on board uh, to help the team. But, you know, I think you're really you're going to see some players traded away. You know, it's just a matter of are the, the, the younger guys that we have going to be ready to step up? I mean, if they are able to trade a Chris Kreider, you know, it, you assume Kratzoff is, is back is going to be heading up. Um, and, and he's going to be ready to go. So, yeah, the organization, the next two months are going to be huge as far as, you know, where do they see um, themselves? Where do they see some of these players fitting in, some of the prospects fitting in? And uh, where do we go from there? Because if if the team does go into a tailspin, and like you mentioned, there's, there's some difficult games on the schedule in the next two months. Um, if they do go into the tailspin, you know, they're just like, well, we need to, to see what we can get from Kreider continue to build the system from there you know or you know we're looking pretty good here we're we're actually in a playoff spot now so now what uh do we continue with what we want to do with the rebuild and still trade a Kreider or hey let's see let's see how far this team can go and 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 somehow some way stand pat I, I again I still don't see that happening but yeah, it's, the next two months will be will be real interesting. I think that the the things that concerned a lot of Ranger fans, not us, you know, as far as you know uh, where players are in the lineups, lineup, and who is up and who is down, are really going to be minor compared to the decisions and thought processes that are happening in the next two months. I I, I think you're going to see decisions on which direction this rebuild goes be be made in the next two months so um and and you know not like you know, well brendan smith was on the fourth line i mean that's going to be small potatoes i think compared to what 
they're going to be looking at in the next two months. Yeah, man, grab your popcorn. I, I think it's going to be a big month for JD and Gorton too, as far as you know, um, them making some some decisions here and, and that trickling down to uh, Coach Quinn and, and Lindy Ruff. I think you know after thirty, forty games here, definitely, obviously uh, beyond thirty games here, but getting into that forty, fifty game uh, evaluation period uh, as an organization, and uh, they'll they'll know everybody on this bench, personality wise, and everything else. Uh, they'll have a good um, idea of what's going on down in Hartford. And then you'll also start the uh, the vibes will start happening out there as far as other GMs and other teams in terms of the direction they're going. Uh, there's going to be other teams that are going to be unloading some um, you know personnel as well too that might be able to help the Rangers. So uh, there's a lot of different things going on here. So it's it's all good stuff and it's something to look forward to in 2020. So KD, as we're wrapping up this uh, this episode here, uh, first of all, we definitely want to thank everybody who's been tuning in and. Uh, uh, we'll be getting back to our regular shows here uh, right after New Year's. But um, let me ask you, what's your um, what's been your favorite part of uh, this this uh, this you know 2019 you know end of this 2019? We don't have to talk about the end of last year, but as far as this rebuild, uh, this new campaign that the Rangers are doing, the direction they're going, whether it's a player, a stretch of games, a headline, what's been your favorite so far? Um, you know, with this new season and this new team here for the Rangers. I think it's just watching the uh, the young kids sort of develop. I mean, you always love to see the, the young kids develop. Anytime any um, team that I am rooting for, whether it's, uh, you know, in, you know, baseball or whatnot, or basketball, football, you, the sort of rookie guys coming up, they always sort of breathe sort of excitement and enthusiasm sort of into the fan base. And, and, uh, and I think it's doing that here. With all these young guys, the Kakos and the Foxes and 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 whatnot here, and and even seeing guys like uh, you know Buchnevich in bigger roles, and um, I just enjoy the and I've said this a number of times on on the podcast. I just enjoy the build, the the watching this team climb from you know the letter to the cleaning house to the drafting of these guys, and and uh, now seeing them on the ice and the process that they're going through. Some of them. You know, being sent down, some of them staying up, some of them going overseas and then coming back. I mean, it's just the process itself. Uh, I I really enjoy. It's so much more um, enjoyable to watch this build go along than it is to well, let's just pluck every high price free agent like I mentioned before that that this team used to do. Um, you know, and and now that actually build sort of a foundation is is exciting for me and should be exciting for Ranger fans. I mean, look, you can always complain about you know, to the day-to-day decisions and the lineup decisions. But, you know, overall, big picture, you know, seeing the direction that the team is going and a lot of these hard decisions that we're talking about, I think a lot of fan bases would would kill to be worried about which great goaltender should be getting the majority of starts or and, and to even have uh, another goaltender waiting in the wings in the AHL. Or, you know, our problem is, is that we have, a bunch of prospects who who aren't getting a chance because there's other prospects ahead of them and they're getting frustrated. Like how many other fan bases would would again uh, kill for for that opportunity to have their team in in that position where they have so many y- good young prospects and players that some, others are getting frustrated because they're not getting enough time. I mean, it's a real you know as our slogan is, it's a real good problem to have around here. And uh, to me this been the most exciting part of of the rebuild is just seeing these young kids sort of going through the process 
the the bumps along the way, the trials and tribulations. It, it's fun to watch, and and then uh, you know the vets, uh, you know, for them to to be on the bench and and watch a uh, a Panarin do his thing um, will only sort of help these kids grow and and become even better players. So it's to me, it's just the the young kids and the excitement surrounding them. Yeah, no, I agree with you there, hundred percent. And uh, you know, for me personally, you know, I just you know. <sighs> Defensively, obviously, they've been struggling. But you look at Tony D'Angelo, uh, Foxy, uh, even Brady Shea, I know he gets beat up a lot, uh, and Jacob Truba. Those four studs there, they're going to figure this out. They're all young guys. Uh, it's a new system. Uh, you know, whether it's working on the rough and a second-year coach here with uh, Quinn. But, man, those are four studs defensively that this organization has. And if uh, Keandre Miller comes in here in the next year or two, uh, defensively, we're going to be one of the best in the league. And then sandwiched with, you know, on the back end in the front of them, you, you're going to have either, you know, whatever. If it's if it's Hank for another year or two, it's probably not going to happen. But if it's Georgiev and you got Shesty, uh, defensively, um, this organization is going to be stacked. I don't care what anybody says. It's from the net out. That's how you win championships in the NHL in any hockey. you got to be solid in the nets and you got to be solid defensively. This Ranger team is going to figure it out. Um, offensively, it's been just a blast watching Panarin and Zibanejad's just a home run, and these other guys will figure it out. Capo will get it. Uh, Stromer's doing his job. You know, we're in a good situation with Kreider, one way or the other, prospects and so on and so forth. Um, Buchnevich and the rest of these guys, they'll figure it out. But defensively and from the net out, this organization is stacked, and that's what we need going forward, and that's eventually what's going to get this team uh, deep. And it goes back to when we when we went to the, you know, the finals, you know, Back in 2014, it, it was Hank and it was defense. It was McDonough and the guys and stuff like that, and that's what kind of got us through it. And it'll happen again. And that's what you know. That's what Trotz is doing there in, in Long Island. And and you know, Trotz has always done that with his teams in Nashville. And he did it with the Capitals too. Holtby and and everybody had defensively there in, in Washington. I'm not, I'm not a freaking I'm never going to profess that I know everybody's name and stuff like that. But I just know that defensively, it starts in the net out. And I love those guys. And I think that's that's just great. And I'll take their. Um, I'll take the extra 40 shots. And you talk about development. You know, George is seeing a lot of rubber. That's okay. Hank probably needs to see it anyway, kind of keep him loose and limber and stuff like that. It keeps him in the game. And that'll that'll hopefully uh, help him one way or the other, which will ultimately help this team out. But that's my favorite thing right now is is the defensive core that we have and the fact that uh, we got a kid like Keandre Miller also, in a, you know, coming down the pipe as well too. So if, if we've got those five guys in this lineup for the next whatever it is, if they can do it financially, whatever the cap is and contracts and so on and so forth, that's one of the big things that Ranger fans should really kind of look at as a whole because that's the glue that's going to develop anything. Because forwards, you know, and we've got Panarin. We've got Mika. So they can interchange all that stuff going down the road uh, offensively. And if other top prospects, free agents and everything else, and they look at us defensively, um, they're going to want to come here and want to play for us. And who knows what opens up here down in the free agency. And the Rangers have the money, and they'll get the guys that we need to to get in here. So I look at that core, that defensive core, is going to really just kind of extend uh, success for us down the road. There's no doubt about it for me. So that that's my favorite thing about uh 2019 and, and, and going forward. And the last thing I'll just say, too, is, you know, with, with Quinn, you know, second-year coach, man, I think the Rangers as an organization, they might – if it, I think that'll be the big thing, KD, going forward with the next couple of months, too. Um, that'll always be there. And, again, I've said it. it it's going to take a major spiral. I 
I think Quinn's got these guys in a, in a way that they won't do that. But I think that's the only way Quinn loses his job here is if they go into a really bad tailspin. And then they might have to look at it and say, hey, with all these guys, these prospects defensively and everything else, they might need to bring in a veteran coach or something like that to kind of to kind of take them in a different direction. And that ultimately is where wherever J.D. stands and Gorton stands in terms of, like I said, what we were talking about for, before, how important is it to get, to get into the playoffs financially, economically, and all that stuff. But that's my favorite thing right there, K.D., is that defensive core. I think it's phenomenal, and it's huge. And they will straighten it out. Defensemen are some of the smartest guys on the ice. They'll adapt. They'll get better. And not only defensively will they get better, but, I mean, they're offensive studs too. And that's just going to be for special teams, power play, uh, everything else, um, I think that's huge, and I think the Rangers are just in a great spot right there. Yeah, I, I love everything you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with <Good>. you. <laughs> and that's the other thing, buddy, I love about this team. It brought me and you back together, buddy, to do this show. There you go. This is fun. I, I missed it the last two weeks. I didn't know what to do with myself. <laughs> I'm screaming at my kids. I'm like... Strom is awesome. How can you complain about him like that? I didn't. Who the heck is Strom? Well, buckle up, man. We got a lot of <laughs> hockey coming our way, man. So uh, looking forward to. All right, buddy. Let's do the. Uh, you got to have at least. You've had twelve days now. Um, what's your uh, KD Rangers man crush of the week, buddy? Come on, for the end of uh, 2019, give it to us, buddy. Well, since it, I don't think it's been a player once <laughs> since we've been doing this. <laughs> I'm going to give it to my man, Connor McStrom. All right. The guy has just gotten too much heat from Ranger fans this year. I mean, I went over everything about him before. I think he's really stepped up this year. Uh, I love the, uh, the the chemistry that he's had with Panarin, especially lately. I mean, his rifle of a goal the other night in Toronto is, was pretty sweet where – you know, I guess the coaching staff has been telling him he needs to shoot more. And, and boy, did he shoot. He just ripped it up a corner. So, you know, if we're going to start seeing that element to his game now where he's, uh, you know, shooting these sort of heat-seeking missiles now, um, you know, it's going to make him even better. I think he deserves a little love this week for all the hate that he gets somehow from Ranger fans. It's it's sort of amazing that when a when a player is playing well, there's a segment of Ranger fans that want to bring him down and sort of, uh, criticize him or, like I said before, put an asterisk, asterisk next to why he's playing well. But then they'll make excuses for players who aren't playing well. Like, well, they're on a fourth line with Haley and this guy, and, and, and that's why he's not playing well. There's a lot of, like, love for the players who aren't playing well <laughs> and hate for the ones that are. It's just <laughs> baffling to me sometimes. But either way, Strom is my uh, man crush of the week. Bravo, I agree, buddy. That's good stuff, man. I'll take that to the bank. It's uh it's been a fun uh you know, start of this season for these guys and it's been great to uh come back and do this show with you too. And and I think like I said, uh, it's all you know, it's good stuff, good problems to have we've talked about here and um I'm looking forward to uh the other side of this and I hope it starts with a, a win in Edmonton tomorrow night, buddy. Well look, man, I wanna wish you KD, a very happy New Year's, man, and, and to all our fans as well, too. And uh, KD, say goodbye to the folks and uh, let, let them know what you're thinking here about 2020 real quick. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, don't drink too much on uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, <laughs> we don't need a hangover going into the new year. And uh, hopefully the Rangers won't have one either. And, uh, you know, everything will work out for us. Don't worry, Ranger fans. Don't get too panicked. We're heading in the right direction. 
Things things will work out. Uh, parade down the canyons of heroes in uh, oh. three to three to four years. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it, buddy. It's on tape, there, folks. Hey, everybody! Happy New Year! Thanks for listening to Go Rangers Radio, and let's go Rangers! Take care, everybody. <laughs>